1: We had a terrific note from Brian Minnis, who told me the playing of a Cisco Kid radio show recently took him back to his much younger years when he had listened to the adventures of the Cisco Kid and his pal Poncho. So, I'm sure Brian, and a lot of others listening will be pleased to hear another episode. First, a little bit of history. Cisco Kid, a fictional character found in numerous film, radio, television, and comic book series— based on the fictional Western character created by O. Henry in his 1907 short story, The Caballero's Way. Originally a murderous criminal in O. Henry's story, the kid was depicted as a heroic Mexican caballero later in films, radio, and TV adaptations. The Cisco Kid came to radio October 2nd of 1942, with Jack Mather in the title role, who continued to head the cast in the syndicated radio series for more than 600 episodes from 1947 to 1956. For this version, Poncho was originally played by Harry E. Lang and following Lang's death in 53, Mel Blanc, the man of a thousand voices, played the role until the series ended. Aimed at youngsters, the radio series depicted the Cisco Kid as a virtuous wanderer and quasi-Robin Hood figure, often erroneous, believed to be on the wrong side of the law due to his habit of tangling with the rich and the greedy who are victimizing the poor. Episodes ended with one or the other of them making a corny joke about the adventure they just completed. They laugh and say, oh, Pancho, oh, Cisco, before galloping off while laughing. So tonight we hear the episode, The Outlaw Who Dropped His Wallet.
2: Of the Old West. <laughs> Cisco, the shame! Ooh. is getting
3: closer! Ooh. This way, Moncho Barano! <laughs> the Cisco Kiss! <kept. laughs>
2: Exciting adventure of the Cisco Kid. It is Saturday night in the little town of Prairie Junction. Hands from the surrounding range country are celebrating payday. Their pockets well filled with money, their throats parched and dry and needing refreshment. Lights glow from the windows of unpainted buildings lining the rutted main street of the town, while horses tied at hitch rails stand patiently waiting. As our story opens, the Cisco Kid and his ever-present companion Pancho are walking along the board sidewalk. Many people see Cisco. Big place this place, yonks. See, amigo.
4: Once in a while, it's all right to come to the town, but for us, eh, it's much better the wide open spaces. Eh? For Pancho, see. For Cisco, that's so for sure. Now, Pancho, how do you mean that? Uh, Cisco always liked the big, wide country to ride with the wind, to sleep under the stars. And why, Cisco, do you brush your hair so careful? To trim the mustache, you polish your boots? Oh, must always look good, Pancho. Caballeros always feel better. Ha, <laughs> ha, Cisco, Pancho, no. The sweet-smelling stuff you put on your hair is not to catch the bees with. Pancho knows so much. Maybe he tells Cisco, no? <laughs> Pancho tells. Cisco speaks like a trap to catch the beautiful señorita. Oh, Pancho, you're cannot... <laughs> Careful, amigo, you fool. Wait, Pancho. Pick something. Wait, I'll find it. You look too, Poncho. very dark, you see, Yeah. I got it, Poncho. You got it? You went in the street. Huh? Yeah, it like a wallet. Huh? Some probably drop it. It's light coming from the window of the bank. Yeah. You go there and look. Huh? She's a wallet, Poncho, what a lot of money in it, too. The Poncho, the Poncho, the Poncho. Here's this thing's name, burned in the leather. The name is Nate Parker. The Poncho, look, Uncle. Aye, the light she bought. Hey, someone turn out the light in the bank. Better be on your way, you two. I beg your pardon, senor. I said you two better move along. Dangerous business standing around in front of a bank. Yeah, what side you got there? a the wallet we found belongs to a senor Parker. Found it, did you? <laughs> but we did, senor. We will now find the owner and give it to him. You just turn it over to me, Andre. I'll find the owner and give it to him. Oh, no, senor. Oh, no. And why not? Because we, we return it ourselves. We do not know you, senor. I don't know you, but I'll return the wallet Now give it here. <coughs> All To do that, senor, you hope I have not hurt your arm. But you understand how it is. Yes, I understand very well. you return it by getting on your horses and riding the you can. Yes, why we argue with him. No reason, Pancho. Come, we go. All right, you two. Just don't let the share of that wallet. Hey, Poncho, you see? Uh-huh. It's very hard to make people believe what they do not want to believe. See, si, Cisco. Better we do what the hombre say, huh? Get on the horse and ride away fast. No, Pancho, Amigo. We find Senor Parker and return his wallet. But Siski, si, Pancho. We start across the street and look in on each one until we find him. You got a streak now, Shell? Yeah, sure, Nate. Just wait till the celebrating gets going a little higher, and then we slip out the back way and round to the bank. That's right. It'll be a cinch, old man Benedict, and that man who works for him will be home and asleep. And with all the noise going on around town, will not be any trouble at all. Another round, boys? No, just we've had enough. Got to be hightailing it pretty soon. Got a long ride ahead of us. What do we owe you, partner? That'll be two bucks, six bits, boys. Right. Hey, Joe. Yeah? Lost my wallet. Are you sure? sure? Sure. Had it right in the left-hand hip pocket. Now it's gone. Well, lifted, you reckon? Maybe, but most likely you've lost it.
0: Well, boys, tonight,
4: pay up and make room at the bar. Just a minute, friend. We changed our minds. Give us more of the same. He ain't going to have any trouble paying for it, are you? Shut, Shut up. You and do as he said. Sure, sure, boys. No offense, man. No offense. That's better. You reckon losing that wallet's going to upset things? No, no, Shell. No, that wallet had my name engraved on it don't like to leave any evidence around town. Momento, please, sir. Yeah? I'm looking for Senor Parker. You happen to know him? No, friend. I never heard of Oh, that's too bad. We have looked everywhere for him. Who's that show? I don't know. But he's asking for one of us. Yeah. wonder what he wants. Eh, uh, better not let him know who we are. Maybe things is getting a little hotter around here. First, I lost my wallet. and somebody comes in asking for one of us. Let's get going. Hey, wait a minute just might be this hombre found your wallet and wants to return it. Who'd be silly enough to do that? Well, you never can tell. It just might be one honest don't man. Don't you make me laugh. Hey, go sit at that table in the corner. I'll talk to the fellow. If it should be he's got your wallet, I'll steer him over to you. All right, try it, but don't take any change. Yeah. Hey, uh, howdy, stranger. See, si, senor. Heard you asking about an
0: hombre named Parker.
4: See, si, I'm very anxious to find him. Any particular reason? See, a very particular reason. You know him? Yeah, I know him. Oh, that is good. Will you take him to me, please? Not so fast. Uh, just tell me what you want to see him about. Oh, it's a private reason. One I could not discuss with a stranger. Oh, no? Now, look, Hombre, I asked you a question, didn't I? That, that, I'm not inclined to answer your question. Now, just a minute. When I ask a question, I always get an answer. This time, I'm afraid you will be disappointed. Oh, no, I won't. You will let go of my arm, please. Answer my question. Of course, Señor. What's <coughs> trouble here? No trouble, Señor. This is a private event. Oh yeah, we'll see about that. Turn him loose. I will when it is safe to do so. He won't talk to me, Nate. Oh no. Momento, Señor. Your name is Nate. What about it? You are perhaps Señor Nate Parker. Well. Don't answer him, Nate. If you are Señor Nate Parker, then I have good news for you. Yeah. I have something which is of value to you. What is it? You have lost something, maybe. Maybe. If you will describe it, I will be glad to return it to you. What is it to describe? That is for you to answer. Be careful, Nate. Oh, oh, there is really nothing to be careful about. This is a very simple matter. Just got to be careful, stranger, you know. Well, I did lose something. A wallet. That is as I thought. You will describe the amount of money in it to page. Yeah, if I rightly remember, it had about six, six, dollars in it. And the kind of wallet it was? Dark brown hide. Had my name burned into it. And your name is? Parker. Nate Parker. Oh, very well, Senor Parker. Here is your wallet. Good. Give me it. You better check, see if he didn't steal some of that money. I think you will find the money all there. And now that I have found you, Senor Parker, I go. Adios. And just remember, stranger, next time don't be so smart when somebody asks you questions. Believe me, senor, with you there will not be a next time. On your way now, and don't be too sure there won't be a next time. Senor Parker is very gracious. Cisco will always remember him. Again, senor, adios. he he, he said Cisco. You reckon that's the Cisco kid? Yes, sure, could be. I ain't never seen the Cisco kid, but that hombre sure answers your description. It's a pretty tough gent to mix with, Nate. Guess we better forget this bank job. Shell, you're dumb. You can't talk to anybody without getting in that trouble. Another minute, you'd been trying to slug it out with Cisco. Sort of up to me to straighten things out. Well, it's done now. Uh, about this bank job, we go through with it just the same? No, Shell, I guess we won't. Leastwise, not just the same as we'd planned it. The Cisco kid in town And knowing us That stacks things up And anything happens And he'll be after us well, This job's too good to miss, Nate You could figure a way out You're smart Yeah Maybe I can Let's see now Yeah Yeah, I got an idea This wall in the mine That Cisco returned Maybe we can get rid of this To do with it Come on, Shell We're going down the road To see the sheriff I'll explain it all to you On the way i <laughs> But Senor Parker, he's not very nice when you give him back his pocketbook, Cisco. I am afraid this Parker is a pretty tough hombre, Pancho. Uh-huh. Sometimes it makes Cisco wonder if he's so wise, to be honest. Mm, Pancho trying to tell you this for a long time, Sisko. Oh, Pancho, Cisco was just saying this. Uh-huh. must always be honest, Pancho. Why? Honest. Men always sleep much better at night. Mm, Pancho sleep all right at night. In the daytime, too. See, si, amigo. That proves what I'm telling you. That Pancho is an honest man, too. Mm. Pancho think maybe, but not too sure. Uh, Cisco, we'll be good now. Well, Pancho, amigo, we get out of this town. But first we buy a few things and then we go, eh? It's good with Pancho. Too many people, too many troubles. Come, Pancho. Uh We go to the stores and then we ride away. Uh
3: Sheriff, we're standing peaceable
4: at the bar when this hombre put the arm on me. This was up with the little six to fail, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, anyway, I ain't much of a hand at fighting, Sheriff, being a peace-loving man. But my brother, Shell, here, pitched in and helped me. you needed help, did you? Yeah, he needed help, Sheriff. When I saw this hombre lift my brother's wallet out of his hip pocket after he hit him, I waited right in. You got your wallet back? No. No, we didn't, Sheriff. That's why we're here, to get you to help. The hombre took the wallet, broke away from us, and ran. What's he look like? You got a description of him? Yeah. He's a big, dark, good-looking gen. Never you know him, the Cisco Kid. Cisco Kid? Well, now, stranger, that don't sound like Cisco to me. You're sure it was him? You're sure he's in town? It was him, all right. He grabbed my wallet and lit out. Don't sense. But if you're swearing out a complaint, I'll go along with you and try to find him. Good, good, Sheriff. But, uh, if you don't mind, we'll wait here. We ain't anxious to meet up with him again. No, boys, you'll have to come along. I'll need you as witnesses if we can find him. Hey, Nate, we can't go through with this. Sheriff accuses Cisco of stealing your wallet. All the time you got it right in your pocket.
5: I know, I know. There's nothing else we
4: can do. We're in this we got to go through with it. Coming, stranger? Um, yes, Sheriff. Yes, we'll, uh, we're right with you. Howdy, Rick. Howdy, Sheriff. Got everything all locked up tight at the bank? Yep, left about an hour ago. Stopped in to buy a few things. I'm on the way home. What are you up to? Got a complaint here about the Cisco Kid. You know him? Heard of him. I ain't never seen him. What's the trouble? These two strangers here claim he lifted a wallet from them. Yeah. Say, now, wait a minute. His Cisco kid, is he a big, good-looking hombre that travels with kind of a funny little fat man? Yep, that's Cisco and Poncho. Sheriff, I seen them two looking at a wallet in front of the bank, and I tried to get them to give it to me. You did, eh? Well, that's evidence, all right. Wonder if they left town yet. Well, they ain't gone, Sheriff. I seen him in the gem trading post just now as so I was passing. Well, I'll be. Here. Come on, boys. I'll need you. We may have a little bit of trouble with Cisco. but I'm afraid he'll spend tonight in jail.
2: Frame up with Cisco as the innocent victim. In just a moment we'll bring you the exciting climax of this story in the adventure of the Cisco Kid. <laughs> Sheriff approaching to arrest Cisco for stealing Nate Parker's wallet on trumped up and completely circumstantial evidence, Cisco and Pancho, not suspecting that they're the object of a search, are quietly completing their purchases at the Chem Trading Post. There, yeah? Uh, one cinch buckle. Anything else you want?
4: Gracias, no, senor. How much is that? One dollar. One peso? There. Well, Let us go now, Pancho. Yes, Cisco. go back to the camp now? Ooh, we are both tired and... Uh, look. Come those two hombres from the cafe. Yeah, and the sheriff, too. Yeah, right where you are, Cisco. We are not moving, senor. All right, Parker. Search him. Yeah, sheriff. No, Momento, uh, sheriff. You told this hombre to search me? That's right. And don't try to resist either. He does not put his hands on me, senor sheriff. I will not allow that. Why should I be searched anyway? Now, Cisco, you know concern well why I'm telling him to search you. Don't start nothing, Cisco. Don't make no trouble. He is not going to lay hands on me. No, try and stop me. you dirty. <laughs> oh, me? Uh, oh, you're me? You're I won't to to no, no, I'll shoot. No, you will uh, not do, sheriff.
3: Come on, sure. they they go. Go. You, you can't go. get away with this way. Come back here. I'll get you for this. Sisco. Here. down. Come back. here in the They're getting away, Sheriff. They're getting away with my money.
0: a noise hammer on that hinge, eh? Shut
4: up and let me do this. And she's coming now. Yeah. yeah. that did it. Both hinges off. Now all we gotta do is pull that safe door open. Yeah. Look at gold and silver. Get the sack over here. We gotta work fast, shall we? Yeah. Hey. Somebody coming in. Douse the lantern, quick. Nate, he's lighting the lamp. He'll see us. I'll take care of that. Wait now. You there. The bank safe. None a word out of you, mister. We started this job and we're going to finish it. Get those hands up high. I can't get away with this. I'm the owner of this bank and you're not a going to rob it. He's reaching for a gun, Nate. You killed him, Nate. Never mind that. Quick, dump the rest of the money in the sack. Yeah. Don't forget to drop the wallet there. Sure, sure. Yeah, right beside the safe. That'll get the Cisco kid charged with murder.
3: Hey, it's it's Tom Benedict, murdered.
2: Wait, wait, I'll make sure. Yeah, he's dead, all right. Well, that's that's God looking for the murderer. There
4: was nobody here when I came in, Sheriff. After that little trouble you had up the street, I just thought I'd stop by the bank again. That will here, and... Just as we came by, we heard shots. Yeah, that's right. Tom Benedict must have come back and surprised the robbers. Yeah, they has yeah, been looted, I see. Ain't hard to... Hey, what's this? What this leather case is some kind. Hey, you don't suppose... Yep, right beside the safe, too. Got there, a name right. on it. Look, Rick. Nate Parker. Nate Parker. That's the same wallet I saw the Cisco Kid looking at. You. And the same one that was stolen from Nate Parker. It
3: all ties up, don't it,
4: Sheriff? Yep, Rick. The Cisco Kid's... Robbed this safe and killed Tom Benedict. In the excitement, he dropped this wallet he stole from Nate Parker. Mm, I never believed it. Well, boys, it's just one thing. Come on. We've got some manhunt to do. The Cisco kid's a murderer. Poncho, what is wrong? Poncho I can sleep. Cisco, see? Si. Pancho's very much worried. What about it, amigo? Those two hombres got like the sheriff after us. Pancho thinks there's something wrong there. Oh, do not worry about that, Pancho. I no, no, The no. Parker brothers, they are just mean, bad people who like to make trouble. Yeah. Uh, but they not bother us, amigo. Uh, Pancho got the feeling of troubles. What do you think about breaking the camp and moving away from here, Nazis? Huh? huh? You do this? you do this? No, no, no. Oh, come cool. Honest men with that guilty conscience have no cause to worry. We sleep here peacefully. Maybe you sleep, but Pancho not like this. Oh, Pancho...
3: Wait,
4: Santo, what is that? Right, it's coming for a Cisco, Pancho note, Pancho note. Look, look, he's in trouble. Let us get out of here. Diablo, yeah, Blow. <laughs> we do not have time to saddle, Cisco. No, Pancho, come, hurry. We not make it, Cisco. Hurry, Pancho. Come we'll shoot you out of saddle. Oh, Cisco, we got a log getting murdered in these parts. Get them
3: hands high.
4: Santo, now he's murdered. Wait, Senor Sheriff, listen to me. Wait nothing, Cisco. You and Poncho are going to jail. No, they ain't, Sheriff. They're going to hang. And tonight, too. (laughs) What's that you say, Rick? You heard me. Tom Benedict was my best friend. Me and the boys talked it over. We're staging a hanging tonight. Oh, no, you're not. They're my prisoners, and they're going to jail and wait for a legal trial. Then they'll hang.
2: Drop that gun, Sheriff. I got mine right in your back. I'll pull the trigger if I have to. You, You wouldn't dare. I'm the law. Tonight, we're the law, Sheriff. And we say
4: they hang. Tie them to a pole. Wait, you cannot do this. After you get them tied up, throw them onto their horses. I know an oak tree just right for a hang. No, no, we do nothing. You're not gonna hang us. No. No. Well, I reckon there's two sides to that question, and we're on the side with the guns. All right, come on, boys. The Cisco kid's gonna die tonight. Let me see. That $6,300 shell be fair for a half hour's work, huh? <laughs> uh, over 3000 apiece, Nate. We ain't never done but, better than that. Yeah, and the best part of it is we ain't going to get any part of the blame for it. We're clear and safe. Hey, Hey. Horses coming along the trail. It's a posse. They must be hunting us. Something's going wrong. Quick, the lantern. Blow it out. Shove the money into them saddlebags there. We're a good ways off the trail. They might not see us. Yeah, hey... They might go on past it. We ain't taking no chances on that. Hand me them bells there. Hey. Hey. They are riding past me. My sender. And look what they got. Them two hombres up front. That's a Cisco kid and that fat partner of his. You sure? Sure, sure. that's a Cisco kid. They got him trussed up. That can mean just one thing, Shell. Necktie party. Right. They found the wallet for the safe. They knew Cisco had it. Everything's worked out fine. Come on, Shell. We're going to a hangin'. And it ain't us, it gets hung.
3: All right, boys, pass them ropes over this limb and knot
4: them with a loop. Look, senor, this has gone far enough. You have no proof that Punch and I robbed that bank and killed the owner of it? None at all. Wallet you stole from Nate Parker laying right beside the print of the safe. And that's all the proof we need. But this gonna see the book Is that Parker hombre lied you? do. We got the liars, and they're you. And you'll pay with your lives for killing my boss, Tom Benedict. Your boss? I worked for Tom Benedict in the bank. You say the bank safe was robbed. Search us then for the money. If you find it on us, then we are guilty. Uh,
2: you're too smart to carry it with you. You probably cast somewhere else. Uh, uh, hey, who are these two? I'm
4: Nick Parker and this is my brother Shell. I'm the man that skunk stole the wallet from. Yeah. And he come just in time to see justice done, mister. Fix the ropes, boys! Oh, oh, already?
3: already? Uh, Wait, sure.
4: senores! I appeal to your fairness. You cannot hang us just because we stole fifty or sixty dollars from that safe. Madre mía. There or sixty dollars. There were six thousand three hundred. See, si, hombre? Speak on. You are going to say $6,300, eh? How do you know how much there was in the safe? Well, I, uh, I, I heard somebody say that that was the amount of what it was. Well, that's about how much there was, all right. But I didn't tell anybody. Look in those saddlebags, senores. How about searching those two for the money? And how about asking them who killed the banker? No!
3: Anybody come near us and you'll eat
4: less! Your pool. There are your killers!
3: Right for your left! Come, come on, on Get up there! Hey, a river, Nate. We're coming to a river.
4: Uh, right in. Oh, boy. Oh, there. Oh. Uh, there. Uh, what do we do? Swim the horses across? Nah, no, the moon's too bright. They'd see us if we tried that. Well, what do we do? They're coming after us. Get down. Get down and slap your horse hard. I'll do the same. Make them run so as they'll lead those devils away from us. Then you and me'll go into the river. Quick! Put the money in the saddlebag. Blast the money! We got to save our own skins. Get up there! Get yeah. out of there! Get away! Uh. There. Get away there. Now uh. into the river. Swim for it if you want to keep on living. Hey, Pancho! Hey! Yeah. Those two horses have no riders. Oh, devil. Hold them! Hold up! Look, hold up! Cut! What happened to the bandidos? They're not on the horses. They pulled a trick on us. Huh? The money is still in the saddlebags, I think, Pancho. Uh, let us catch the horses, then. Oh, let us look in the river for the bandidos. Uh, Cisco, Cisco! Uh, Pancho, see them in the river? They're there. See, si, see, si, come. In we go. Come down. Uh, we will have them very quick. Come we go. We got no guns. We do not need guns to handle these hombres. Come. Strange hell, they get us. That is right, hombre. We have you now. Come here. Come here. Take the other one, Pancho. Pancho, get it. Good, Pancho. Pancho having trouble, Cisco. And I can swim. A hold on to Loco. There. He will pull you ashore. Oh, Cisco, I lose hold. It is very deep. Oh, now I finish this fight. I will get you. He's all right. Pancho, stand on the bottom. Good, Pancho can walk to shore.
3: See, sí, Pancho can... Get... Pancho not standing on the bottom. Pancho standing at the other bandido. Hey, you come up here, Master
4: Mir. A very dirty trick that Hombre Parker played on us, huh, Cisco? See, si, Pancho was very Patrick, very mean trick. Mm. Cisco, si. all the time when the you pass you have us, Pancho think about the trick a rich man played on Pancho when Pancho was a little niño. What was this great thing that Pancho remembered so long? Well, when Pancho was very small, was a very rich man. He liked to play tricks. He the centavos very hot and throw them into the street for the ninos to scramble. Oh, this is not good. Mm. There was the other ninos scrambling and get the hands hurt with very hot centavos. Aren't you not try it? Certainly not. But you have too much sense. Mm, see? And then there is hombre come to the window and wave a big gold piece. He, he threw it out into the street. Did the ninos run and try to get it? Yeah, they're too smart by this time. Then one or two get a little brave. And, and they fight for the hot gold piece. And they roll in the dust. They get very bad burns on their hands. Oh, that is very cruel, amigo. Yeah, very, very cruel. And finally, one Nino win and run off with the gold piece. Very lucky fellow, too. Lucky? How do you mean, Pancho? Uh, the gold piece make him very rich. You see all this in your machacho, Pancho? Yes, yes, I see all this. And you just stand there and watch? What do you mean, stand there and watch? Where do you think I get all these scars on my fingers? Oh,
3: Pacho! Oh, Cisco! <laughs>
2: <Bravo>. <laughs> and so ends another exciting adventure with O. Henry's famous Robin Hood of the West, the Cisco Kid. It's <laughs> a Sure, to listen again for another thrilling adventure of the Cisco Kid. Cisco Kid was played by Jack Mather, Honcho by Harry Lang.
1: Stay tuned for the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for the Nelson family to entertain. Ozzie, Harriet, David, and Ricky are all set for the story about exaggeration and the troubles that can cause.
6: From Hollywood, International Silver Company, creators of 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate, present The Adventures of Ozzie and Harriet starring America's favorite young couple, Ozzie Nelson and Harriet Hilliard. Well, folks, let's look in on the Nelson household at 1847 Rogers Road. It's late morning, but Ozzie and Harriet haven't even eaten breakfast yet. They were up quite late last night, and as we join them in the living room, they're
7: discussing the events of the night before. Gee, that was a wonderful party last night, wasn't it, Harriet?
8: Yeah, it certainly was. And it's amazing what happens to you after one glass of beer.
7: <laughs> now, just what is that supposed to mean? You trying to imply that one glass of beer made me, shall we say, a little hazy?
8: We shall say it. <laughs> it's ridiculous.
7: It's ridiculous. After the party, I drove us home all right, didn't I?
8: See what I mean? We're the ones that gave the party.
7: (laughs) I was just going along with the gags, Marty. It's a very lovely party, and you know it. Have you called the insurance company yet?
8: (laughs) No, I haven't really checked to see if there's any damage. See, we certainly had a lot of interesting people here last
7: night, didn't we? Yeah, I wonder who they were. (laughs) A lot of them were complete strangers to me. Of course, I was busy most of the evening being the perfect host. Oh, yeah. You were the perfect host. Well, now, why do you say it that way? I thought I was very attentive and very charming. I hope you noticed that I admired each and every woman's dress as she walked into the room.
8: You admired every woman's dress, all right. In fact, you mortified that one woman completely.
7: Well, how should I know she wasn't wearing a bustle? (laughs)
8: And speaking of being a perfect host, how about the time you helped serve the sandwiches?
7: I thought I served the sandwiches very well.
8: Well, honey, there are certain things that guests take for granted. You didn't have to keep saying, they're free, they're free. <laughs> I don't know,
7: silly. Everybody knew I was only kidding. Oh, and by the way, dear, if we ever give another party, let's not invite that Charlie, huh? Charlie who? But you know, that Charlie whatchamacallit. Oh, him. I thought you liked him. Oh, I guess he's all right, but he's such a ham. Always trying to hog the spotlight and be the life of the party.
8: Well, I didn't notice. When was that?
7: When? Why, every time I began my impersonation of Edward G. Robinson. (laughs) The one where I put the cigar in my mouth and I say, Oh, so you guys... Are okay, on. dear, okay.
8: I've heard it so many, many times. And
7: another thing, how Charlie can tell those corny old jokes. Oh, Gosh.
8: hey, did you notice how all the women left the room every time somebody started telling a risque joke?
7: Yes, that always annoys me. Why can't they let the men hear it, too?
8: <laughs> uh, it was a swell party, though. I really had a wonderful evening. Wasn't it fun dancing for a change?
7: Yeah, it sure was. Hey, how about that big fat friend of yours doing the Roomba?
8: Yeah, she was quite a sight.
7: I'll say every time she danced around the room once, she rearranged the furniture twice.
8: (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if Gloria has breakfast ready yet. I'm absolutely starved. Starved? (laughs) Well, not exactly, but you know how us women like to
7: exaggerate a little. Oh, yes, which brings up a little matter I've been wanting to talk to you about.
8: What's that, dear?
7: That exaggeration of yours at the party last night, the one that involved me.
8: Well, I was. I've been wondering when you're going to bring that up.
7: Why did you announce to everybody that I could do 50 (laughs) (laughs) push-ups?
8: Well, I'm proud of you, dear. Are
7: you proud of me when I could only do seven and nearly burst a blood vessel?
8: (laughs) You certainly let me down
7: That's just the point I'm trying to make I didn't let you down You just built me up too high
8: (laughs) Well, how would it have sounded if I'd said My husband can do five push-ups That'd be pretty small potatoes So I simply said 50 You noticed that everybody was very much impressed
7: Yeah, until I couldn't get up after the seventh one (laughs) you must exaggerate, dear I wish you'd leave me out of it Oh, here's David Good morning, son
8: Morning, Pop Morning, Mom Good morning, David when are we going to have breakfast, Mom? Well, maybe I'd better go out in the kitchen and see how Gloria is coming along. Party kept her sort of busy last night, and she cleaned up afterwards. I'll be back in a minute. How was the party
9: last night, Pop?
7: Oh, it was a lot of fun, except for one embarrassing situation your mother got me in.
9: What happened, Pop?
7: Well, your mother insisted on bragging about me, and she just let herself go. Of course, she's a very lovely and wonderful woman, and I wouldn't criticize her for the world. But, oh, brother, how that gal can exaggerate things.
9: I know, Pop. When she tells other kids' mothers about my grades, she always adds five points onto every subject.
7: Yeah, I'd like to hear what she'd tell them if you made a hundred and something.
10: Don't worry about it, Pop. There's not a chance. <laughs> oh,
7: I'm not, David.
9: Well, nobody's perfect, you know.
7: Where'd you pick that line up? From you. Oh.
9: <laughs>
7: when you get older, son, you'll find out that women are the biggest problem in a man's life. They're so stubborn and obstinate, yet at the same time, they're so changeable and confusing. It's impossible for you to figure them out.
8: Well, gee whiz, Dad, why do men marry him?
7: Well, I'll take that up in a different talk. (laughs) (laughs) Right now, it's your mother's exaggerating I'm going to work on. How, Pop? Well, I don't know just yet. Say, David, I have got it. Why didn't I think of this before? This is wonderful. What is it, Pop? It's the old psychology. You see, all I have to do is start exaggerating things much worse than she ever dreamed of. When she sees how silly that sounds, she'll quit exaggerating things herself. Do you understand? Sure. Oh,
8: boy, that sounds good.
7: Now, David, don't be surprised at anything I say at breakfast. I may say some very strange things, but I think this will cure your mother.
10: Okay, Pop. Can I help you?
7: Well, thanks, David, but I can handle it myself. When I really make up my mind to change something about your mother, you know what happens.
10: I sure do, Pop. But you might as well try anyway.
8: (laughs) How's breakfast, dear?
7: Oh, just fine. That's good. Gee, I'm starved. I haven't had anything to eat for two weeks. What did you say, Pop? I said I haven't had anything to eat for two weeks.
8: Neither have I. (laughs) (laughs) What's the matter, dear?
7: Uh, Nothing. Uh, Listen to this, David. Oh, Harriet, did I ever tell you about that fellow in my lodge? What about him? Well, do you know what he had for breakfast every morning? A hundred and thirty-five eggs. Sunny side up? (laughs) Harriet, when I say that a fellow eats 135 eggs every morning Isn't there a certain bet you'd like to make with me? Of course, I'll bet you he likes eggs (laughs) Well, there's something else I forgot to mention This fellow that eats the 135 eggs for breakfast He also finishes off 50 quarts of milk 10 loaves of bread And 6 dozen wheat cakes And a pickle (laughs)
8: Another slice of bread, dear?
7: Uh, thank you. Uh, by the way, Harriet, I saw the strangest thing in the paper this morning. It's all about a boy with two heads. Oh, is that
8: so? Another boy with two heads? (laughs) There have been several cases like that lately.
7: Well, this one is very unusual because one of his heads is smarter than the other, and this boy is in 4B and 4A at the same time.
8: (laughs) That's right. Half of them is in my class. A little more milk, dear?
7: No, thanks. I don't feel like eating anymore. I wonder what happened to Gloria.
8: Well, I don't know, dear, but if you have finished
9: breakfast, I'll call her. Oh, Gloria! Gloria! Did you call me Mrs. Nelson?
8: <laughs> yes, Gloria, I did. We finished breakfast. I imagine you must be pretty tired after the party last night, huh?
9: Oh, I don't mind. Just that one couple did keep me awake, though. Oh, who was that? Well, after everybody else went home, there was one silly couple out on the porch. And they were mooning and cooing and and talking mushy, talking. I just couldn't fall asleep.
7: But, Gloria, you can't hear anything on the porch from your room.
9: You can if you lean out the window. (laughs) Was there much food left over, Gloria? Well, let me see. Um, there were 21 sandwiches. Oh, 21 sandwiches left over. Mm -hmm. And did you put them away? Well, I put away 11, but I couldn't eat (laughs) (laughs) them.
7: Well, thanks to you, Gloria, everything at the party went smoothly. With the possible exception of those cocktails you mixed. Boy, they were really something.
9: Oh, that's a wonderful drink, Mr. Nelson. I invented it myself. I call it the air pressure cocktail. The
7: air pressure cocktail?
9: One drink and you blow your top. (laughs) Oh, so
7: that's what it was.
9: My boyfriend, Elmer, really knows how to make strong drinks. He once mixed a drink and all he took was one sip and he ran up to the wall and drew a great big picture of an automobile on it. Oh, not that ridiculous? Yeah. <laughs> and then I took a sip, jumped in, and drove home. <laughs> well, uh, I better take this pile of dishes away. Oh, before I go, I knew there was something I wanted to tell you. You know that drain in the sink that we've had so much trouble with? Yes. Well, there was something left in some of the glasses, and I poured them into the sink. It's not clogged up anymore. (laughs) I'll see you later.
7: Harriet, did you hear that story Gloria told about the drink in the automobile? Yes, I thought it was very funny. You didn't think it was an exaggeration? Well, what do you mean, Ozzie? I simply mean that you've become so accustomed to exaggerations, dear, that you don't even notice them anymore. Now, take that fantastic story I told you before about a guy eating 135 eggs, 10 loaves of bread, 6 dozen wheat cakes, and 50 quarts of milk in one meal. It didn't even surprise you.
8: Well, why should it surprise me? I've had your relatives over for dinner. Your Uncle Peter could eat that guy under the table and then eat the table right off of him. The last time your Uncle Peter had dinner here, you could reconstruct the skeleton of a cow from the bones in his plate.
7: Harriet, it so happens that my Uncle Peter hasn't even got any teeth.
8: Then I got news for you. He gummed us out of 40 red points. (laughs)
7: Harriet, I'm merely trying to show you how foolish it is to exaggerate things. I know you don't mean any harm, but it's little things. Like the price of a dress, the age of a piece of antique furniture. Oh, my now, goodness. What's the matter, dear?
8: Gee, I almost forgot the antique man's coming this morning. Antique
7: man? Harriet, you're not going to do the living room over again, are you? Well... But, Harriet, I had a hard time wearing those chairs down so they'd fit me. Why, it would be like selling a part of me. A very important part to me. <laughs>
8: I'm not sure I'm going to do it, honey. And even if I do, I'll be haggling for at least a month with the antique dealers. Maybe I change my mind. Excuse me, will you, dear? But,
7: Harriet, I haven't finished.
8: Oh, you don't mind eating alone, do you? I
7: mean about the exaggerating.
8: Oh, that. I promise never to do it again as long as I live.
7: There's an exaggeration right there. I'm going to cure her of that exaggerating if it's the last thing I do. And there's a distinct possibility it'll be the last thing I do. (laughs)
6: singing stars the four famous King sisters I
11: don't care
6: Seems to have quite a problem on his hands, trying to figure out a way to cure Harriet of her tendency to exaggerate things. Right now, he's out on the front lawn, thinking things over and hunting for devil grass.
7: When the Bobby Sox department from next door calls to him,
10: Hello, Mr. Nelson. Oh, hello
7: there, Emmy Lou. How
10: are you doing with that devil grass?
7: Oh, pretty good. I wish that was my only problem.
10: Oh, something serious?
7: Well, no, not really. But it's something that might eventually prove embarrassing.
10: Could I be of any help? I've got nine dollars saved up out of my allowance.
7: Oh well, thanks very much, but that's not what I meant this time. You see, I've been trying to prove something to Mrs. Nelson. <laughs> so far, I've been completely unsuccessful. What's it about? It's this business of exaggeration, Emmy Lou. Why do women exaggerate anyway?
10: Women don't exaggerate, Mr. Nelson. They don't. No. It's just that after they get done telling the truth, they keep on talking.
7: (laughs) Yes, that does sound pretty reasonable, but I still don't understand it.
10: Well, I'll try to explain it to you, Mr. Nelson. Suppose I'm introduced to some boy and he's really an absolute goon. Do you imagine for one moment that I'm going to tell my girlfriends that I met a goon? Of course not. I tell him that I met the most divine man and utterly handsome, simply super dreamboat.
7: Oh, well, and then they think he's quite a guy, huh?
10: Oh, no. Then they know he's a gooner. I wouldn't have said all that. <laughs>
7: well, Emmy Lou, you're going to make some man a fine wife. You're confusing already. <laughs> Let's get back to my problem. How am I going to stop Mrs. Nelson from exaggerating?
10: Well, let me see now. Oh, I have an idea. You could... No, that wouldn't work. See, how does this sound to you? You could... No, that wouldn't work. Say, maybe I could... No, that wouldn't work either. (laughs) It really is a problem, Mr. Nelson.
7: Maybe I was on the right track before when I was exaggerating things to show her how silly it sounded.
10: That sounds like a good idea. I
7: know, but it didn't work. Maybe I wasn't exaggerating the right things. Maybe I should get something she cares more about.
10: Who's that man going into your house?
7: Oh, it's probably the antique dealer.
10: Are you getting new furniture?
7: Well, Mrs. Nelson thinks so. Wouldn't be new anyway. It'd just be different old furniture. (laughs) She's going to sell a few things to him, I think. Oh. As I was saying, if there were only... Hey, wait a minute. That's it. Antiques. Now, that's something that Harriet's crazy about. What are you going to do, Mr. Nelson? Boy, have I got an idea. When he tries to buy a piece of furniture, I'll put a figure on it that's so ridiculous he won't buy anything. That'll show Harriet where exaggeration can get you.
10: That's a wonderful idea, Mr. Nelson. Go ahead.
7: No, 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 not yet. First, I'll wait till he's in the house and looking over something he seems to like. And I'll come in with the surprises. By the time I get through, George Washington will have slept on every antique we have in the house, including the chandelier. <laughs>
5: Mrs. Nelson?
8: Yes. Are you Mr. Johnson from the antique shop?
5: Oh no, no. My name is Clark. I'm from the county tax assessors' office. <laughs> Just dropped in to get an estimate on your furniture, so we can figure out your tax. Won't <laughs> oh, hurt at all. This year we're using Novocaine. <laughs>
8: You certainly seem happy at your work
5: Oh, I've been at it a long time Know it like a book Yes, ma'am <laughs> When I start assessing I ain't just a-guessing
8: <laughs> <laughs> If it's got to be done, it's got to be done Here's the living room Go ahead and assess
5: Okay, I'll start with this table here Well, it's very nice Looks moderately priced I'd say, uh, $50 That's
8: about right Oh, hello, dear.
5: Oh, hello, Harriet.
8: Ozzie, this is Mr. Clark.
5: How do you do? I was just looking this table over, Mr. Nelson. Your wife and I figure it's worth
7: about $50. $50? Are you kidding? This table is worth $5,750. Ozzie! Is this
5: on the level? Absolutely. Well, take your word for it, but it just looks
7: like an ordinary table to me. As a matter of fact, it was originally a footstool used by an old Scottish knight, eight feet tall.
3: (laughs) Of
7: course, the knights were longer in those days.
8: Here, uh, Mr. Clark. And is I from suppose
7: the... you think this piano here is an ordinary piano? Well, it looks like a regular piano. Well, sir, this is one of the most valuable antiques in all America. This happens to be the very piano that the finance company took back from Franz Schubert. <laughs> Amazing. Are you sure of that? Well, why do you think he never finished the unfinished symphony? <laughs>
5: say, I was wondering why he hadn't written anything lately.
8: (laughs) Ozzie, why don't you let Mr. Clark judge these things himself?
7: My wife is very modest about it, but practically everything in this room is a rare treasure.
8: Oh, brother.
7: Hey, I'd I'd
5: better mark some of these things down. Do you have a pencil? Well, here, you can borrow my pen. Thanks.
7: Now, uh, what would you say that piano and bench were worth, Mr. Nelson? Oh,
8: really, Mr. Clark? Well, that's
7: hard to say. Let me see. I tell you what, just put down any large figure. You won't be more than a few hundred thousand off.
5: (laughs) Well, if you insist, I'll just... (laughs) Say, one thing I know ain't a rare antique is this pen you just handed me. (laughs) Look, I got ink all over my hands. (laughs) And besides, it's
7: got the initial N on it for Nelson. Mr. Clark... N also stands for Napoleon, you know. It just so happens that was Napoleon's favorite pen. You mean he got ink on his fingers too? (laughs) Why do you think he kept his hand inside his coat all the time? (laughs)
5: Say, uh, Mrs. Nelson, you know, you haven't entered the conversation.
8: I'm a little sorry I entered the room. (laughs) (laughs) She's
5: very modest about all this. Well, so much for the antiques. Now let's get down to the everyday stuff, like, uh, well, this floor lamp
7: here.
8: Oh, well, that's just a little... Mr.
7: Clark, you have just succeeded not only in picking out one of the most valuable possessions in the house, you have picked out the most valuable. Uh, This floor lamp? That's right. This floor lamp, as you so casually put it, was once used by Julius Caesar. Oh, now wait a minute. (laughs) Electricity
5: wasn't even discovered then.
7: Now do you see why it's so valuable? (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
5: sure, sure. Well, now tell me, Mr. Nelson, uh, about what would you say the contents of the house are worth? Conservative.
7: Oh, I'd say uh, conservatively.
5: Uh-huh.
7: Uh four hundred and fifty thousand dollars. I give up.
5: Well, thank you very much, Miss Nelson. You've been most
7: cooperative.
5: It's been a pleasure, I'm sure, Mr. Clark. Uh, Miss Nelson, before I go, may I say just one thing? Go right ahead.
7: Ha ha ha! Silly sort of a fellow, isn't he? But a nice chap.
8: Ozzie Nelson, will you please explain those ridiculous stories you were telling that man? The way you were exaggerating.
7: Oh, was I exaggerating?
8: Well, you know you were, and it was very embarrassing to me.
7: Ah, now you begin to understand how embarrassing it is to me when you exaggerate.
8: Darling, I hate to take that big happy smile off your face, but do you know who that nice man was?
7: Well, certainly the antique man.
8: No, dear. That was the assessor for our personal property tax, and this year it's going to be a honey. Oh, no. Oh, yes.
7: Go on, tell me. I deserve it. Tell me what you think of me. I'm a dope. I'm a moron. Isn't that what you want to tell me?
8: Of course not, darling. You meant well. I think you're the smartest, the sweetest, the cleverest, the handsomest, (laughs) the most wonderful husband in the whole wide world.
7: Well, at least I got you out of the habit of exaggerating. (laughs)
6: To Ozzie and Harriet. Oh, what's that paper you've got there, dear?
8: It's a copy of our tax report. We owe exactly, uh, $152,740. And by the way, dear, from now on, you'd better wipe your shoes before you come into the house. Our living room alone is worth half a million.
7: Golly. Well, I'd better get down to the tailor shop tonight.
8: The tailor shop? What for?
7: Well, from there, you can dig the shortest tunnel under the bank on the corner. <laughs>
8: Well, I guess you suffered long enough, honey. Get that prison pallor out of your face. Our tax bill's very small because Mr. Clark got the correct figures and it's all straightened out.
7: Well, Harriet, that's wonderful. Marvelous. How did it happen? Well, all the
8: time you were telling Mr. Clark those ridiculous things about our furniture... Yeah? ...I was standing behind you making certain widely used motions with my finger and forehead to indicate that your mental development had been arrested rather prematurely. (laughs) And then later I phoned him to make sure.
7: Well, uh, that's swell, I guess, but, well, just what did you tell him?
8: Well, you understand, dear. We were in
7: a tough spot. Yes, yes, I know. What did you tell him?
8: Uh, In an emergency like this, you have to think fast, you know. I had to say something.
7: Harriet, what did you tell the man?
8: I told him you had a brain the size of a peanut.
7: (laughs) There you go, exaggerating again. (laughs)
6: National Silver Company, creators of 1847 Rogers Brothers Silver Plate, invite you to listen again next Sunday to the adventures of Ozzie and Harriet with songs by the King Sisters and music by Ozzie Nelson's Orchestra. And don't
8: forget, America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. You're right, Harriet.
7: America's finest silver plate is 1847 Rogers Brothers. This program originates in the
6: Hollywood studios of the Columbia Broadcasting System and is also broadcast over the Trans Canada Network of the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation. This adventure of Ozzie and Harriet will be transmitted to our men and women overseas by shortwave and through the worldwide facilities of the Armed Forces Radio Service. Appearing in support of Ozzie and Harriet were B. Benaderet, John Brown, Joel Davis, and Louise Erickson. Original music was composed by Billy May. This is Vern Smith speaking. This is CBS, The Columbia Broadcasting System.
1: Thank you for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Lights Out, followed by The Life of Riley. Thanks to Paul Stringer and Joe Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer for Theatre of the Mind is Moses Neimer.